0: we're continuing on the series on moving mountains depression can be a mountain that needs to be conquered in order to live a healthy fulfilling and abundant life you know when you think of the pursuit of happiness we normally wouldn't associate depression with those thoughts the truth is that nearly one in 10 u.s adults has depression And the rate is almost twice as high for women, according to health officials, than men. Depression's real and it's not something you can just say, get over it, stuff it, let it go. Those words don't mean anything. There's different degrees of depression, there's different levels. There's a, I don't feel good, I'm down. There's severe depression, clinical depression. I'm not gonna get into all that today. I'm not here to teach you about depression. We're talking about the good news, moving the mountain of depression, the, the scriptural Christian way. One definition given is a condition in which a person's spirit has lost the capacity to supply energy for life or to function. We no longer have energy, strength, hope, and other qualities of life that normally are sustained by our spirit. It's like a fire station with no fuel. Trigger, but nothing happens. The pastor has always started out with his series scripture, Matthew 17, 14 to 22. Um, Beth, were you gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna read down through that. You, the, if you've attended here every Sunday, that's the same scripture. But uh, when you look at Matthew 17, 20 to 22, Two key words in all of that that stands out is unbelief and faith. There are a lot of people that don't believe. They don't have the faith. In the Message Bible, Matthew 17, 20 to 22 says, because you're not yet taking God seriously. The simple truth is that if you had a mere kernel of faith, a poppy seed, so, you would take this mountain, move, you would say to it, and it would move, and there's nothing you wouldn't be able to tackle. The moving mountains definition that the pastor gave was it represents obstacles, problems, barriers in front of you, things that are there that seem impossible to move. Yet, God is a mountain mover, and by faith, so are you. Faith unbelief key words many Christians operate on effective flesh power our carnal our will our control what I want to do and because they have been able to keep their arms and legs flailing to stay above water they've never experienced total defeat but when the currents carry you far from the shore and the skills you've trusted fail you'll be vulnerable to depression in our loving Father wants to show us how to stop placing our faith in the wrong thing ourself, others, things, possessions, our jobs. Christ alone must be your primary source if you're to be liberated from depression. It can begin with, with physical issues, blood sugar levels, diabetes, hormone imbalance, thyroid issues. Chemical imbalance, and a lot of people have to be on medication. You can experience victory over depression through proper spiritual counsel. As humans, we want to control. I took a survey of how many in here were control freaks. Most of you probably raise your hands. We get a lot of that in surgery. When I worked as a nurse at the hospital, every, losing control is a big fear of people. Um, They can feel hostile, frustrated, or not getting a need met. The unmet need is his God-given need to be loved. We all have that need in us. Or his fleshly need to be in control. The first is good, the last is sin. Love, control. A lot of that can cause stuffed anger. Some therapists feel like depression is anger turned inward. You know, stop and think about it. When I'm counseling, one of the first things I, I ask people as we meet is, you know, what are you angry about? Oh, I'm not angry. Well, after a few sessions, they finally realize, wow, I didn't realize how mad that made me. You know, we stuff anger. We stuff hurts and wounds. We turn it inside, and we're fearful because of our failure, or this didn't happen, or that didn't happen, and that causes a lot of anger, which brings us down. We can have self-condemning thoughts. I hate myself. I always mess up. It's my fault. Low self-esteem, insecurities. I understand why they don't love me. I'm unlovable anyway. They've discovered what I've always known. Pity party thoughts. It's my fault. If she would try as hard as I do, I always try. And they get the best jobs. Blaming negative thinking that's dangerous and you have to reject these thoughts god commands you to fix your mind on things that are true right and pure philippians 4 8 and 9 i'm gonna go through a lot of scriptures today um and you know that's the word of god just in itself if i stood up here and just read the scriptures to you we ought to go home filled Your emotions react to what you set your mind on, what you want. That makes you feel things good, bad, and different. But you're seeking to satisfy your love need through conditional love from people seeking to earn human love. When this love wanes or disappears, it can begin depression, pleasing other people. We could be here again hours discussing depression the different kinds but we're going to go to the good news we need to move the mountain So dealing with depression we have to realize we're not alone you are not alone in this David experienced it Psalm 13:1 and 2 How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Jeremiah. You know, when when I was growing up, I I didn't grow up in church, and when people would talk about the Bible, I honestly thought everybody in that Bible were good people. They had their act together. And they knew what they wanted, and they got what they wanted, and they were blessed. And it really blew my mind when I got in my 20s and found out Noah got drunk. It really did. So we have to realize that these people in the Bible had problems too. They had issues just like we do today. Jeremiah wrote several poems lamenting his difficulties. You have moved my soul far from peace. I have forgotten prosperity. Elijah was discouraged, weary, and afraid. 1 Kings 19.4 I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am not better than my ancestors. Jonah, he was angry and wanted to run away. Now, O Lord, take away my life. for It is better for me to die than to live. Job, who could forget poor Job, suffered through great loss, devastation, and physical illness. Why did I not perish at birth and die as I came from the womb? Depression is a condition that afflicts millions of people and is one of the human race's most common distressing afflictions. Most of you in here have either had depression, going through depression, may start depression, or know someone that's had depression, a family, a friend, someone at work. We've all known or been around depression in some way, shape, or form. Proverbs 12:25 mentions depression directly. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word made it glad. Scripture describes the struggles of people in the Bible who suffered with depression even though they were faithful servants of God, like we try to be. These men did not suffer primarily because they were sinners. They suffered because they were human and were susceptible to severe pressures. So if you are a person you know is feeling depressed, you have to first understand that you're not abnormal, you're not in sin, necessarily, or even an outcast. Many great men and women have experienced bouts of depression. Next you have to realize that God doesn't turn his back on depression. Excuse me your eye. God cares about your situation. Matthew five four Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. The Lord hears your cries. Psalm thirty four seventeen the righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. There are a lot of misconceptions about depression. The question was asked, can a true Christian get depressed? Well, look at the people in the Bible. And I think we've seen from David and Jeremiah's example that the answer is a big yes, absolutely. According to Dr. David Roney, Chairman of Psychiatry at Lenox Hill Hospital in New York City, depression affects all aspects of life, affecting people emotionally and physically. When people are depressed, they usually don't sleep well, they don't eat well, they're typically sad and have a negative view of life, and a feeling of hopelessness. God made feelings, but we can't live by them. That's the catch. He made emotions. He cried. He felt despair. He felt weak at times, but he was strong in his father. A lot of us have problems when we make decisions on our feelings. We can't live on our feelings. Oh, I'm not going to church today. I don't feel really good. I'm glad the Lord doesn't say, "Mm, I don't really feel like listening to you today. You know, thank the Lord for that. Feelings can be good or bad. You acknowledge them and you choose to give them to the Lord. Let's look at some facts and myths about depression. One myth is hard work beats depression. Wrong. Depression affects nearly one in six people at some point in their lives, so folk remedies, half-truths about this common illness abound. One such idea Throw yourself into work and you'll feel better. For a mild case of the blues, this may indeed help some. But depression is a different animal. Overworking can actually be a sign of clinical depression, especially in men. Another myth is depression is just self-pity. Our culture admires willpower. Be strong. Be the man. And mental toughness. You can do it. Those are good positive thoughts, but it should be through the Lord, not our own willpower. And they're quick to label anyone who falls back as a whiner. They just listen to them, they just whine all the time. But people who have clinical depression are not lazy or simply feeling sorry for themselves, nor can they will depression to go away. It can be a medical illness a health problem related to changes in the brain. And like other illnesses, it usually improves with appropriate treatment. Third myth, depressed people cry a lot. Not always. Some people don't cry or even act terribly sad, and then you find out they've committed suicide. You don't know how depressed they've been. People hide things well. They don't want you to know and when they're depressed. Instead, they're emotionally blank and they may feel worthless or useless. Even without dramatic symptoms, untreated depression prevents people from living life to its fullest. And it takes a toll on family, big time. I've had it in my family, and I'm sure some of you have too. Let's look at the facts. Fact one, it can sneak up slowly. Depression can be gradual, and it makes it harder to identify than a sudden illness. A bad day turns into a rut, you start skipping work, school, church, or social occasions. Um, Some can last for years as a chronic low-level illness, a malaise or a tiredness, a fatigue that silently undermines your career and relationships or depression can become a severe disabling condition. Number two, positive thinking may help. The old advice to accentuate the positive, that old song, I love that song, has advanced into a practice that can ease depression. It's called cognitive behavioral therapy. I'm sure you've heard of it. People learn new ways of thinking and behaving, Distorted negative self-talk and behavior is identified and is replaced with more accurate and balanced ways of thinking about yourself and the world, to be used alone with medication. Number three, your family history is not the destiny. If depression appears in your family tree, you're more likely to get it too because things can be coming down through generations, but chances are you won't. People with a family history can watch for early symptoms of depression and take positive action promptly. And it's not simply your destiny. Let me give you some Bible verses. Bible verses on depression. Deuteronomy 31 8. And the Lord, He is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. We have to believe that God cares. I'm going to back up a minute, Beth. I may mess you up. Sorry. Isaiah sixty one three says, To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7, Therefore humble yourselves before under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon. Psalm 41.10 But you, O Lord, be merciful to me and raise me up that I may repay them. God will strengthen you and uphold you. You may feel like you can't hang on to God. You feel weak, helpless, unable to do anything. And the last thing you feel is spiritual. But the good news is you don't have to hold on to God because He's holding on to you. He has you by His right hand. When you fall, he will uphold you with his righteous right hand. When you're weak, he'll strengthen you. Even if you don't have assurance of your salvation, he has a firm hold on you. And the reality is you are weak. You're just feeling it more acutely now. He wants us to be weak in our carnal self so he can become strong. God loves to sustain the weak. God's grace is sufficient for you, even in deep, dark times. Psalm 3.3. 3. We're going to Psalm 41 through 3. Some of these I'm going to skip, Beth, for time. Uh, Psalm 3.3. 3, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory, and the one who lifts up my head. The Lord is your shield. He's your shield when you're weak, you're helpless, you're hopeless. He's standing over you. He's guarding you. He's protecting you keeping watch over you. Even though you're broken by depression, He is your shield. Psalm thirty-four, seventeen through 19. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers Him out of them all. He's near to the brokenhearted. When you're in depths of depression, you feel constantly brokenhearted and crushed. And He has a special place in His heart for the brokenhearted. God draws near to you. He sees you in the midst of your affliction. And even though you can't feel His presence, remember you don't go on feelings. God is nearer to you now than ever. And He's working on your behalf. You're not alone. Isaiah 40:31, that those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength thou shall mount up with wings like eagles they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint he will renew your strength you think sap your strength like depression or feeling anxious and sometimes it feels impossible but if you wait on the Lord he will give you life Isaiah 42 3 a bruised reed he will not break And smoking flax he will not quench. He will bring forth justice for truth. A bruised reed is one who is on the verge of breaking. And a faintly burning wick is a flame that is almost entirely extinguished. And that's a very good description of depression. You feel as though you're about to be completely broken or totally extinguished. He is near to you. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, Come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and low in spirit, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus gives rest to those who are crushed by the weight of the world, but we have to put him first. We have to turn to him, even if we don't feel him. Romans 8 38-39, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come, nor height nor debt nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. When you're haunted you feel cut off from the love of God. Everything seems dark, bleak, and there will be a never another good thing in your life. You feel as though God has left you. And nothing's further from the truth. We're believing the lies in our mind from Satan. And we need to believe the truth of the word of God. That's what we go by, his word. Not our feelings, not our thoughts. You're not outside of God's sovereign will and gracious love. Psalm 42:11. 11. Why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Open, God. For I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. It can cause turmoil deep within your soul. If it depended on you and your ability to pull yourself up, you would have no hope. We can't do that on our own. But it depends on God. You will again praise him, hope in God and trust him to lead you out of the dark valley. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. We need to renew our mind to think positively and not to think about or dwell on the worst possible outcomes and believe in what God's Word tells us. Hope from the Word of God provides a confident expectation of good things and to always be thankful. Romans 12:2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good acceptable and perfect will of God. Philippians 4.8 Whatever things are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. We need to understand that this is a process. Can God do a miracle? Absolutely. We know that. But it's usually a process. In order to come out of depression, we have to identify what is that disappointed us or let us down, or why we're angry. Then you have to challenge yourself with what God says about a greater and wider hope. Being delivered is a process, and it can go away overnight, but it doesn't normally. We have to seek out positive people. The tendency with depression is to withdraw, isolate yourself, be alone. And that brings little comfort. Rather, it helps to give fuel to the fire of depression. Then we can really have good pity parties. And it's our jobs as Christians to lift one another up. Is it not? Isn't that what the family of God is about? If you see someone that has having a hard time, hasn't been to church in a while, or just isn't as talkative, or any signs at all, encourage them. Say something. We need to be helping each other. Not just, well, they're just at it again. Just leave them alone. They'll be back. Sad. Galatians 6, 2. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Ecclesiastics 4, 9 through 12. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has another to lift him up. If two lie together, they keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken." We need to accept who we are in Christ, in Him. And that's one of the most important things you can get out of this. Who are you in Christ? Ask yourself that question. Who am I? Oh, I'm a teacher, I'm a bus driver, I'm a restaurant waitress. I do this, I do that. That's not who you are. Who you are is a child of the king. And that makes you a prince or a princess. But we don't believe that. We don't feel that. We don't look at it that way. We come to church. We pay our tithes. We do the things we're supposed to do as good Christians. But what are we doing spending time with him. Who are you in Him? What's this whole business about that we're down here for? Why are we here? Have fun and have jobs and go on parties and movies. and Those are all not bad things at all. But are you putting the Lord first? Are you praying about your decisions? Are you praying about what you want to do? Are you saying, the Lord's will be done. I want to do this, 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 and this. But Lord, not my will. Your will be done. Well, I think I need this for Christmas. Well, wishes do come true and they're great to have, but you know, what are you supposed to have? What do you need? The Lord knows you better than anyone. So when we accept who we are in Him, we need to think about love. Make God's unconditional acceptance through Christ your major source of love. Not your husband, not your spouse, Not your children. That's tough. I know, it's really, really tough. Can you say you love God more than your kids? Mm mm That's a hard one. And I get that. But that's what the Lord wants. It's not me. It's what is in the Word of God. Stay full of knowing and accepting God's love for you. And this has to be believed. Remember I said belief, faith, even though emotions may reject that thought. Emotions can't even think. We can't live on our feelings. They can be good or bad, but we give them to the Lord. Control. Stop trying to run your portion of the universe. Stay out of his chair as director. Give up trying to control. Some therapists call this the Messiah complex, trying to take care of everybody and everything. Well, you can't do it, and you know what? You are usurping God's role when you try. You're not supposed to be doing it. You're supposed to be praying and leaving it all up to Him. That is hard, too. It takes crucifying the old flesh. It, it takes work on your part. You have to do your part. Worth and value. Your value is determined by the fact that God spent mm-hmm. His only Son to purchase you as His beloved child. Could you do that? Mm. He did that for you and me. That's how much he loves us. You have to choose to do this with your will. You make a choice, but I don't feel like it. He didn't say feel like it. He didn't say forgive not mm, unless they hold you off. We don't have any outs when it comes to the word of God. It's pretty plain. You have to choose despite what your emotions say or feel, not so much to be felt as to be believed. This is a faith deal. Believe and faith. What's our purpose and significance? Believe that you were recreated in Christ for a specific pers- purpose. That is to experience an intimate relationship. Intimate, not superficial, not Sundays only not sometimes Wednesday night. I hope you talk to your husband or your wife more than that. There should be more of an intimate relationship. A lot of couples break up because there's no communication, no intimacy, and I'm not talking going to bed. Talking intimacy, relationship. We need to bring honor to his reputation by letting him express his life through you. Begin letting Him love others through you by faith because that's what He is about. He lives to love, not to milk love from others and self. Your identity. Believe that you are a new creation and that you can learn to respect yourself. The new you is lovable. God thinks so and He makes the rules. He said so. We have to believe what He says. He crucified everything about you that offended Him. Buried that old you with Christ and then recreated a lovely new you in Christ's resurrection. Read about yourself in Ephesians 1.3 and 2.10. Belonging. Believe that you aren't merely on your way to heaven, but you're already ascended into heaven in Christ where you're the apple of His heavenly eyes new way of living. Close your eyes. I'm not saying you have to right now, but in your quiet time, close your eyes. Picture yourself standing in the door of an airplane. Whoa, that would do me in right there. Pray this kind of a prayer. I'm going to read this to you. I want you to think about this. God, it's not wrong to want to be loved or desire self-respect. I've been making people my primary source of love instead of you. I've had false ideas about how to show love and respect to myself. I give those up. I want to do it your way, God. I am unconditionally accepted by you. I choose to accept myself unconditionally. I give up living on my feelings. I know I am loved. I know you want to love others through me. I'm trusting that as I begin this new way of living, I'll learn to respect myself because I'll be living in your will for me. Then step out while you're right there at that door, pull the cord of the parachute and jump. Float in his loving arms and know that he's in control. You're not. Pastor passed out a little paper on moving mountain declarations. Did I give you those, Beth? I will believe in spite of what I see. I will not give up, give in, or retreat. I will look impossible in the eye and say, move. I will declare my life is great and getting greater. I will remove I can't and replace it with I can and I will. I will omit the words, if, maybe, and I don't believe that. It's your words. They're very, very important. What you say is who you become. I will expect, prepare for, and experience God's best. You have to claim it. You have to speak it. I will live by a dynamic faith that makes things happen. You know why it's good to speak the word? Two reasons. Satan will put thoughts in your mind, but he can't read your mind. So you're speaking it, and you're telling Satan who you are. You're claiming it, and he's hearing it. And the other word, reason is you're encouraging yourself in the Lord. You're hearing your voice. You're hearing what you say. And after a while, you start believing it. And it works. God's Word is true and real. We need to believe the promises in His Word. Depression is a common, treatable condition that affects many people. I'm going to summarize this with 10 sentences. Believe the Word and God's promises. Trust in Him. Have faith in Him. And this is in Him. Not faith in what you ask for. Not faith in what you want. That's where we get messed up. We want to believe what we want and then God didn't come through and it's, well, there's no God anyway. Come on. He didn't say He'd give you... He said He'd give you the desires of the heart. Yes, that's true. But He also wants us to live His will and put Him first. The desires of your heart should be the desires of the Lord's heart We can't live on our feelings. You aren't responsible for what others say or do, but you are responsible for your reaction. Choose your reaction. Choose to do your part. He is with you. He offers compassion and mercy. He is our healer, our redeemer. He restores and is our friend. Know who you are in Christ, your identity in Him, And what he says about you.